Welcome to Abide's Kids Bedtime Stories. I'm Tyler. Today's bedtime story is sponsored by FaithfulCounseling.com. Talk to a therapist who shares your Christian values. Just go to FaithfulCounseling.com abide to get started online or in their app. If you're enjoying our podcasts, don't forget to hit the subscribe button and tell us what you think. All right, it's time to settle into bed and drift off to sleep with this bedtime story. Welcome to this Abide Sleep Story. We're glad and honored you've decided to join us tonight as you go to sleep. Come on with me to one of my favorite places and meet one of my favorite people. We call her Granny Edith, and I've known her since I was, oh, just a child. She's not my real granny, but she's always been there with a story and a song and sometimes a story about a song. And oh, how she loves Jesus. And she wants you to love him too. Her porch is the happiest place I've ever been. And if you try real hard, I just bet you can smell whatever it is she's baking tonight. You just settle in and Granny Edith will be right here. Well, hello. What a nice surprise. I'm so glad you decided to join me here as you settle in for the night. Let me just set my tray down. That's better. It's always nice to get to the end of the day and take a little rest on my porch. It's one of my favorite places to be. And I'm so glad you joined me tonight. My daddy built this house with its big old porch, oh, more years ago than I can remember. Before I was born, in fact. So we're talking a long time ago. (laughs) When I was just a little girl, we'd have gatherings and church picnics right here in our front yard. And on the porch, we'd have tables set up, covered with different food dishes and desserts. I remember Mama's chicken. Mmm, it smelled so good. She knew how to season food to make it taste so good and stay succulent. What that woman learned how to do with rosemary was a gift from our Heavenly Father. (laughs) I'm happy to say I have all her recipes right here in my head. I've been baking so long, I have them all memorized. (laughs) Her pies were the finest in the state. She won awards for them at county fairs and was the two-time state champion for her strawberry pie. I have to believe the strawberries weren't as fresh the time she didn't win. (laughs) You know, if I keep talking about food, I'm going to make myself hungry. (laughs) I can tell you all about her cooking some other time. Why don't you let me say a quick prayer, and if you drift off into sleep... Everything will be precious. Gracious God, 
You are a wonderful heavenly father, and may we always try to honor your name. I pray that we will be obedient to you and live as citizens of your kingdom here on earth. We trust you to supply our needs and to forgive us of those things that separate us from you. Give us a good night's sleep. We pray in Jesus' holy name. Amen. I do like my tea. I take it with lemon and probably too much sugar. <laughs> it seems like my doctors have been telling me for a hundred years I need to watch how much sugar I take in. Four of those doctors have retired, and here I am still sipping on my sweet tea. My tea is even a bit famous around town. So is my baking. In fact, I still have church gatherings at my house as often as I can. I love the fellowship. And I just like cooking for people. Sometimes I even make my mama's chicken. But even if I don't, I always make a table full of pies or cakes. See, my family is all grown up and moved away, and their kids are all grown up and moved away from them. And some of those grandkids have kids of their own, and they're all over the country, too. I just found out I have two great-great-grandkids, and they live in a place called Slovakia with their parents. So, my kinfolk are all over the world. When I was a girl, the world seemed so big. I'd read history books about places and people, but I never thought I could ever walk in the places those people walked and see the things they'd seen. I remember my daddy reading the Bible after dinner one night. A passage in Luke where Jesus joined two other people as they walked on the road to Emmaus. I remember Daddy saying how specific it seemed, the road to Emmaus. He said, maybe someday we'd be able to go there and walk on that same road. Well, a lot has changed since Daddy said that. But now it doesn't sound strange when someone tells you they've walked where Jesus walked. When these fellas arrived at their home, they asked Jesus to abide with them. We hear that word abide every now and then, don't we? It means to stay with someone or something. The Bible uses that word a lot, too. God wants us to abide with him. He wants to abide with us. In John 8, verses 31 and 32, it says, So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth 
will set you free. Not only do we abide in him, we abide in his word, the Bible. And in his word, John 16:33, it says, These things I have spoken to you, so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. Another translation says, When you abide in me, you may have peace. This world doesn't offer much peace. And sometimes it's a major challenge just getting to this part of the day. But we know that with Jesus beside us, we can overcome. That's a great promise and a great reason to abide in him. You know, there's also a great hymn that I'd like to tell you about. We don't always sing the old hymns anymore, even in church. But this is one I love. Maybe you've heard of it. It's called Abide With Me. And it's a sort of prayer that we can pray to God. Just listen to this. Abide with me Fast falls the eventide The darkness deepens Lord with me abide When other helpers Fail and comforts flee Help of the helpless Oh, abide with me The hymn writer is saying When darkness falls Be with me, Lord Everyone else has let me down but you are the God who helps people who have no other help. I think that's a beautiful thought. Swift to its close ebbs out life's little day. Earth's joys grow dim. Its glories pass away Change and decay In all around I see O thou who changest not Abide with me He's saying that the things of this earth will someday pass away. Things grow old and wear out. Even the beautiful things will lose their beauty. But God never changes. I've seen lots of friends age and, well, maybe they don't look as nice as they once did. I guess, if I'm honest... 
I have to admit that I have a few more lines on my face than I did a few years ago. <laughs> it happens to all of us. We change. Fortunately, God doesn't change. Nor does his love for us. I fear no foe with thee at hand to bless. Ills have no weight and tears no bitterness. Where is death's sting? Where grave thy victory? I triumph still if thou abide with me. Who is going to make life difficult when God is with us? It sure is good to know we don't need to fear anything. Hold thou thy cross before my closing eyes. Shine through the gloom and point me to the skies. Heaven's morning breaks And earth's vain shadows flee In life, in death, O Lord, abide with me It helps me to rest peacefully to remember that God is with me always. I sure do love those old hymns. Many a night I lie back on my pillow and just recite the words to a favorite song and drift sweetly into a good night of rest. And even though I love the new songs too, those old tunes have so much truth to them that they just warm my heart. Now, obviously, they're not up there with the Psalms or Proverbs that you'd read in the Bible. They may not be the inspired word of God, but those writers sure were able to speak to my heart and lots of other people's hearts with the words they wrote. Just Think about this very hymn I was telling you about. Abide with me. The gentleman who wrote it was called Henry F. Light. He was born in 1793 and had a rough life. In fact, his daddy had run out on his family when Henry was very young. And his mama died when he was nine years old. He was used to people leaving him. He was still a teenager when he met up with a man, a Reverend Abraham Swan. Reverend Swan meant a lot to Henry and was a great source of encouragement and spiritual learning. 
Henry was already a poet, but now he turned his eyes to the truth of God himself. In the early 1800s, he began pastoring a church in a small fishing village in Devonshire, England, where he stayed for many years. When he was in his fifties, Henry started feeling poorly, and it was suggested he move to Italy. See, in England it's often cold and damp, but Italy is known for its sun and gentle breezes. So, that's where he planned to move to. Before he left his congregation in September of 1847, he gave one last farewell message to his beloved parishioners. Wouldn't you know it, he spoke on that passage of scripture I mentioned before. The one from Luke 24, where Jesus met those men on the road to Emmaus. He talked about how those disciples begged Jesus to abide with us. Well, somewhere in the writing or delivering that message, he got an idea for a poem. He walked along the beach and worked it out in his head, then went back to his rooms where he wrote it out. And that's the hymn we have today. The music was added later by a fellow named William Monk. It was a song called Eventide, and we sing it to that tune to this very day. It's funny how that song has affected people, too. King George V of England loved the song, and he may have been the one who suggested it be sung at the British Football Association Cup game in 1927. Since then, it's been sung every year. Even more amazing to me is when I heard it on my television as I watched the opening ceremony of the Olympics in 2012. I think it was appropriate that a Scottish singer, Amelie Sunday, performed that night, since Henry Light was a Scotsman too. There was some dancing and theatrical performance-type movement that went along with it, but nothing could cover up the simplistic truth and beauty of that song. It makes me smile just thinking about it. <laughs> I love that a song with the truth of God's word is so popular that they sang it at the beginning of the Olympics. And that title comes right out of scripture. Nobody can deny that. It's from the Gospel of John, chapter 15, verses 4 through 10. Let me read it to you here. Here we go. Now, this is Jesus talking to his disciples. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, 
Neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Isn't that amazing? We abide in him, and he abides in us. He's talking about a vine and a branch. He is the vine, and we're the branch. The branch can't bear fruit if it's not attached to the vine. When the branch is on the vine, it produces a lot of fruit. We need to remain connected to Jesus, or we need to abide with him. He has promised to abide with us. It's like a street that goes both ways. <laughs> now, if Jesus is the vine, we are completely dependent on him. You can't have a branch without the vine, right? There's no reason to exist without that connection. We would be drifting aimlessly with no purpose. Thankfully, he gives us purpose when we have that connection. Another part of abiding means staying with or going alongside. If you think about it like a race, it means persevering, running the full race side by side. That's what Jesus promises to you. We all know times get tough, but if Jesus abides with us, we can know that he is right there with us the whole way. I can't tell you how much comfort that gives me and how much peace it gives me to get a good night's sleep. Whatever I may be facing tomorrow, God will be with me. I love that promise. I wanted to say a word or two about one portion of this passage real quick. This part right here. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Some folks think that this means we can ask God for whatever pops into our head and God will give it to us. Someone might tell you that if you want some toy or even a million dollars that God will give it to you. 
That isn't exactly right. Look at the first eleven words in that portion. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you. When we abide with God, and his words abide in us, we will think and behave differently. We realize that we don't need a million bucks, or the newest car, or whatever. We understand that God will take care of us, as only he can. Understand? All right. Well, I've been talking for a while now, and it's time for you to get some sleep, if you haven't started already. Let me just say a word of prayer again, and I'll let you go. Gracious God, you are so wonderful, I find it hard to find the words to say it. I'm grateful for you sending your son Jesus to show us the way to you. I'm grateful that we can abide in you, and that you abide in us as well. What a great promise. I thank you for your word, and I thank you for people like Henry Light, who wrote wonderful hymns for us to enjoy. I thank you for music and the lovely gift it is for us. I thank you for my friend, and I ask that you would give us both a good night of sleep. I pray that they get the rest they need to prepare them for the day tomorrow. Rest is part of creation. You invented it. And we thank you for it. This I pray now and always, in Jesus' name. Amen. Good night, my friend. You're welcome on my porch anytime. Thanks for stopping by. Good night, my friend. Sleep well. And come back and see Granny Edith again soon. She has many more stories to tell. Thank you.